morning, Faith Community Church. We're here as we start the next book, uh, the book of Acts. And uh, I love how um, our church has decided to organize this together because you get the chance to have an author and hear Luke. And then as he continues on into Acts, um, I just want to read the beginning, the prologue uh, as it enters in. And then just talk about a couple of different things uh, just in kind of in that prologue that I think can be uh, quite important. So let me read this for you. Acts chapter 1. Um, I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that, ha- that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up. After he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Verse 3. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Now, one thing that's so important uh, about this prologue is it's, it's pretty, it's pretty telling. He just says, look, Jesus is alive. I've told you about it. He presented himself over 40 days. Now let's get to the beginning of the church. And what I wanted to do is um, just maybe give a couple of proofs uh, about the resurrection. Um, I know that, um, Scripture says if, if, if the resurrection doesn't, doesn't actually happen, if it didn't actually happen, we are the most to be pitied. Think, think about that for a second. Your entire faith, every aspect of what you believe rests on one event, namely the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here uh, Luke is telling Theophilus, this is who he's writing it to. Luke is saying uh, that he was taken up. We're going to see that here. The promised Holy Spirit coming, the ascension, and then the sending and the beginning of the early church. And it says this, until the day he was taken up, here's what's happened. He's given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Verse 3, after he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs. So what are those proofs, right? It says proofs. Uh, This is not something you can scientifically prove. Uh, It's just like in uh, a murder case or anything. Uh, You can't replicate it, but there's judicial evidence. And so I just wanted to give you a, a couple of proofs. Um, that, uh, that Jesus was alive. He resurrected. He is no longer in that tomb, but he's gone forward. And the first one is simply the empty tomb. If you remember, uh, historically, if you are a Roman guard and you lose uh, y- your, your, your prisoner or you, you don't do what you're called to do, it's life for life. And so um, the empty tomb is a, is a pretty significant uh, response to that Jesus is alive. I mean, you have to go through these Romans. They're absolutely fearful. They know they're going to have their lives uh, taken from them. Uh, the, the Sanhedrin comes in and says, hey, we'll take care of it. They buy him off. Uh, we'll, we'll say that his disciples came and stole, it, stole him away. Uh, but that, that is a massive proof if you think about it. Uh, you go anywhere in the world. When I die, you can go to my grave. You could dig me up, and, and I would be there. But the empty tomb is amazing. Like Jesus is not there. And not only is he not there, but something really uh, in that culture um, difficult happens. Women are the first eyewitness accounts. Now, if scripture wanted to do anything to kind of prove itself, it would, it would, it would take out the women and say, no, John was the first one to find him or, or Peter was the first one to find him. But it's lovely how, how God allows women, especially in this culture, to be the first eyewitnesses. And they go, and guess who they do not see? Jesus. It goes back to the first proof, the empty tomb. And then there's the angels there, and they go in, and it's not just like, um, you know, uh, the robbers came in and got their, the, the clothes 
of Jesus. His burial clothes are folded up nice and neat. Boom, right there. And he says, why are you looking for him? Right? He's not here. So holy women going down, eyewitness account, empty tomb. We don't have an explanation. And the next proof I want to kind of give to us is the newfound courage. Can we think of a, a, a couple of people? And we're going to see this as we start moving through uh, the, the book of Acts, the courage of you go. You, you go from a man like, like Peter, a man who denies Jesus three times, and he goes and sees a resurrected Christ up in Galilee. And it's the love passage. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. What? Be the rock, right? And, and he goes and he becomes the rock of the church, right? You, you see doubting Thomas that becomes believing Thomas. Why does doubting Thomas become believing Thomas? He becomes believing Thomas because the resurrected Christ comes and presents himself. How about James? James, skeptical James, half-brother of Jesus who doesn't really believe and he becomes like the apostle. He's the, the, the head of the church in, in Jerusalem. You have these things where these newfound courage happens, okay? Here's another proof, changed lives. I mean, it's the importance of your testimony and sharing your testimony, isn't it? Uh, that your life is changed. Your life has been profoundly changed. Think about the apostle Paul. Before that, he's Saul. He's persecuting the church, and the resurrected Jesus Christ comes and presents himself to him. Massive change. He goes from killing Christians to being willing and eventually killed for his faith in Jesus Christ. There's these proofs to understand. And proof number five, it kind of says it in here as well, but large crowds of witnesses that see him. Listen to what it says. Again, in verse three, after he suffered, he, he, Jesus, presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over 40 days. So we know that Jesus is there presenting himself, not just to a small select group, but to lots of people over 40 days. Like this is not like a hallucination. This is not a one and done. This is over the next 40 days, this dead person, sword, spear in the side, blood and water separated. We know he's dead, put in the tomb, three days, rotting body, should be there, stinking. Now he's alive. Now he's presenting. This is a massive problem. For the Sanhedrin, it's a massive problem for the the Romans. This guy was supposed to be dead, and now he's alive. Turn, if you would, with me to First Corinthians chapter fifteen, because this is a really really cool passage. And I just want to kind of piggyback off of Acts one in that prologue. It says this because here's the gospel. Here's all of the things that changed these people is because of the resurrected Christ. And here is what we believe about that resurrected Christ. Listen to this. Now I want, this is Paul talking. Now I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you. Remember, this is the man who was killing Christians. This is the gospel he's now preaching. This is the man who saw the resurrected Christ, and he is the one who's been tra drastically changed because of this man. It says, the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand and which you are being saved if you hold to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For what I passed on to you as the most important what I also received. Listen to this. Here's the gospel. Here's the resurrected Christ. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised according to the, to the scriptures on the third day. Listen to this. Verse 5. And that he appeared to Cephas. Who's Cephas? Peter. He appeared to Peter. Then to the 12, to the 12 disciples, right? 
obviously not to uh, 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 Judas, he's already dead, but to the new one, you, back in Acts chapter 1, you're going to find they picked the new guy, Matthias, okay, to the 12, okay, then he appeared to over 500, 500 at one time, and here's the kicker, listen to this, most of them who are still alive, I love that, you know, you know what Paul just said, look, if you don't believe me, just go ask them, he appeared to 500, Go ask them, what did they see as Jesus was appeared to them in that process? Then he appeared to James, then to all of the apostles, and last of all, as one born at the wrong time, he also appeared to me. Like, listen, go back to Acts 1. It's really amazing because when you understand that Luke is taking the history of what's gone on in Jesus' life, and now he's taking and he's just the prologue is saying, look, this Christ is alive. And now he's going to go in and he's going to go in verses 4 uh, uh, through 8 about the Holy Spirit who's been promised. Then he's going to talk in 9, 10, and 11 about the ascension of Jesus Christ. And I love it. He says, why do you guys keep looking here? The way that he went up, he's going to return. And then 12 uh, through uh, 14 about them needing to be united in prayer. 15 and continuing about Matthias being chosen, the 12th. And then it goes on, and it's the beginning of the church as we're going to move into Acts chapter 2, the Pentecost. And what we understand, what we need to rest upon is that if that is not true, if Jesus is not alive, if Jesus is not sitting at the right hand of the Father, if the death, the burial, and most importantly, the resurrection did not take place, go home. Go home. Don't come to church. You're most to be pitied. Don't believe it unless it's true. And that's what Paul says. And so my encouragement to you today is there's proof, there's evidence, not scientific evidence, but judicial evidence that Jesus Christ, yes, Jesus Christ, God, very God, man, very man, he came. He lived the perfect life as our substitutionary atonement. He died for your sins and for my sins as a payment in the economy of God without the shedding of blood. There is no remission of sins. And he was buried and he was raised on that third day, and then he presented himself. And you know the cool thing? In the same way that those disciples looked at the Mount of Olives, and he went up into the air, he's going to return. And so come, Lord, come. Live a life passionately devoted to Jesus because it's not fruitless. It's not in vain. And there is hope that Jesus Christ, being a good Jewish boy, is off making a house for you. He's making a home for you. And as a good bridegroom, he's preparing a place and he's going to be coming. Let us be ready. Let us be ready when that bridegroom comes back and he says, come, enter into my presence. And so church, I just pray as we enter into a new book, the book of Acts, that we'd be excited about seeing the new church, the birth of the church, what the church was doing, how they were interacting, how they were sharing with each other, how they were using their money, their time, all of that will be wrapped up and you will get really, really excited about living a Christian life right now today. God bless.